I believe that's the case. We're going to continue our series this morning, our our long journey through the Gospel of Luke, and I appreciate you guys and your your desire to hear the Word and to get into the Word and let the Word get into you. Because I believe that when we let the Word get into us, the Word changes us. Amen? The Word changes us. So last week we talked about, about Jesus and, and, and His picking up the scroll in the synagogue and reading from, from Isaiah. Nothing was going to stop Jesus from accomplishing His mission. Nothing was going to stop Jesus from doing what Jesus came to do. Last week, Jesus infuriated the people of Nazareth, right? He, he had gone into the synagogue. Uh, he had read from the prophet Isaiah. <coughs> he claimed to be the fulfillment of the prophecy that, that Jesus was the anointed one, the, the promised king. And everyone was astonished at this. And they were not yet mad at him, but then he did something, right? He said that he would be not just the king for the Hebrew people, but he would be the king for the every tribe, nation, and tongue. And he was telling them, y'all remember, that he would be the king of nations, not just the king of, of Israel. That the kingdom of God would include everyone who would accept the invitation into the kingdom. Even those that the Jews considered unclean, uh, godless, pagan, heathen nations, if they would accept Jesus, they would be welcomed into the kingdom. And because of this message, because Jesus said that, that this is for about me and it's for whosoever will, because of this, they drove Jesus out of the city, out to a cliff. They were going to push him off the cliff to kill him. But Jesus supernaturally passed through the crowd and escaped. And do you know where Jesus goes when he escapes? He heads to this town called Capernaum. And he goes to a synagogue, the synagogue in Capernaum, and he begins to preach. He had just been pushed out of the city of Nazareth by a mob to be killed, and yet he does not stop. He continues on his mission. This is why he came. Remember Luke chapter 4, verses 17? It says the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. And unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to, to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus came to preach good news. That's the theme of our whole series, the good news. He came to proclaim release to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind. He came to set free the oppressed. He came to proclaim the time of God's favor. That was the mission of Jesus. That's why he was anointed. That's what he was chosen as king to do. And so that's what Jesus does. And he does it with authority and he does it with power. That's the name of the sermon this morning. The title of the sermon this morning is Authority and Power. So we're going to dig into that this morning. Are you guys ready?
ahead. You got your Bibles already open to Luke chapter 4. We're going to look at Luke's record of Jesus doing what Jesus came to do, and, and then we're going to dig in and unpack a little bit. All right, so Luke chapter 4, we're going to start at verse 31 this morning. So you got your Bibles open. Luke 4, 31 says this, Then he, that's Jesus, went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and, as, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching because his message had authority. In the synagogue, there was a man with an unclean spirit who cried out with a loud voice, Leave us alone! What do, you, what, what do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him and said, Be silent and come out of him. And, and the demon threw him down before them, and the demon came out of him without hurting him at all. And amazement came over them all, and they were saying to one another, What is this message? For he commands the unclean spirits with authority and power, and they come out. And news about him began to go out to every place in the vicinity. And after he left the synagogue, he entered Simon's house, and Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked him about her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up immediately and began to serve them. And when the sun was setting, all those who had anyone sick with various diseases brought them to him. And as he laid his hands on each one of them, he healed them. Also demons were coming out of many, shouting and saying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. And when it was day, he went out and made his way to a deserted place, but the crowds were searching for him, and they came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, it's necessary for me to proclaim the good news about the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would anoint the word this morning. I pray, God, that you would anoint the word to accomplish what you intend the word to accomplish in this house today. In Jesus' name, amen. What we're going to see this morning is that Jesus does what he said he came to do. The first thing we want to see this morning is that Jesus came to preach the good news. He came to preach the good news. If you're writing notes down and you're, you're following along, you want to write this down. He came to preach the good news. In verse 31, it says, He went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath, and they were astonished at his teaching because his message had what? Authority. Again, the mob in Nazareth would not deter Jesus from his mission. So he heads to Capernaum, and he begins to teach on the Sabbath. Luke says that they were astonished. Excuse me. Luke says that they were astonished at his teaching because his message had authority. Listen, church, listen. There is authority in the message of Jesus. When Jesus spoke, when Jesus opened up the scriptures, and we see it over and over and over again, people were amazed at his teaching. Because his teaching had authority. What is authority? Well, authority carries weight. When he preached, he preached with the fullness 
fullness of authority. He was Isaiah chapter 55 verses 10 and 11 in the flesh. He was, he was Isaiah again, 55, 10 and 11. He says this, for just as the rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat, so my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. His word is accomplishing something because his word had the authority to accomplish something. His word will not return empty, but it will sprout, it will germinate, and it will begin to grow in the hearer, the work and the word of God to produce good fruit in the people that it takes root in. Listen, I can stand... And you can stand in a dark room and command light to shine. And you know what's going to happen? Unless I flip a switch, it's going to stay dark in that room. But Jesus can stand in a dark room and command light to shine. And a thousand shafts of light will shatter the darkness and it will illuminate. It actually happened at creation. In Jesus, all things work together. Colossians chapter 1, 16 says, For everything was created by Him, in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2 says this, In these last days He has spoken to us by the Son, by His Son, God appointed Him heir of all things and made the universe through Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6. Yet for us there is one God, the Father. All things are from Him, and we exist for Him. And there is one Lord Jesus Christ. All things are through Him, and we exist through Him. Jesus spoke church with authority because He is the Creator God. Jesus is Jesus is the second member of the Godhead. Jesus is the exact representation, the exact image of God. We showed a video last week and said, what does God look like? Look, He looks like Jesus. If you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. Hebrews 1.3 says this, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And John tells us, he says that the speaker of the word, the one who speaks the word, is the word made flesh. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, all things were created through Him, and apart from Him was not anything made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life life was the light of men. And John 4 and 14 goes on to say, And this Word that was with God and was God, this Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we observed His glory, glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus spoke with authority because Jesus is the authority. He is the Word. 
What he says goes. What he says happens. What he says comes to pass. What Jesus says he will do, he will do. (coughs) The word has authority. His word has authority. Because his word is the very extension of his nature. When Jesus preached the good news, it wasn't as one who had been taught, but as one who would teach others. When Jesus preached the good news, it wasn't as one who had heard about it, but as one who would make it happen. When Jesus preached the good news, it wasn't as one pointing to someone to follow, but it was as someone who would say, take up your cross and follow me. When Jesus preached the good news, he was preaching from his own nature, his own authority, his own fullness. When Jesus preached the good news, something changed in people. When Jesus preached the good news, the Spirit moved over the heavens and over the hearers like the Spirit hovered over the waters when God spoke in creation. The Spirit hovers over the hearers when Jesus speaks. The Spirit works through His Word to accomplish what His Word declares. The Word is and the Spirit is working. The good news is proclaimed. Jesus has authority to preach. And this good news that Jesus preached, it brought hope, it brought life, it brought transformation. It did what it was purposed to do. It accomplished the word so his word still accomplishes what his word is intended to accomplish. His word still breaks chains and brings healing and brings transformation. His word still accomplishes the purposes of God. And you can speak his word over your life, over your situation. You can speak His Word over your family. You can speak His Word over your job. You can speak His Word over your husband or your wife. You can speak His Word over your fears. You can speak His Word over your anxiety. You can speak His Word over your sickness. His Word still accomplishes what He has spoken into existence. Speak His that in Isaiah when he picked up the scroll and now we see Jesus living it out demonstrating what he said he came to do. The second thing he does here in this passage is that he came to deliver. He came to preach the good news and he came to deliver. So we see Jesus is already accomplishing the word spoken through the prophet Isaiah but he's not just going to preach the good news he's going to defeat the captor and bring deliverance. Luke chapter 4, verse 33 through 37 says this. In the synagogue, there was a man with an unclean spirit (coughs) who cried out with a loud voice, leave us alone. What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God, but Jesus 
she beat him and said, Be silent, and come out of him. And throwing him down before them, the demon came out of him without hurting him at all. And amazement came over all of them, and they were saying one another, What is this message? For he commands the unclean spirits with authority and power, and they come out. And news about him began to go out to every place in the vicinity. You hear that? He came to deliver. He came to deliver. Before we even unpack this deliverance, I want to draw your attention to where this scene takes place. In the where? In the synagogue, in the church service. In the synagogue. In the house where they would come to gather and hear the word preached. Hear me. There are people in our churches who are bound up and beat up by the demonic. Anybody hear me this morning? There are people in our churches that are demonized and are, and are oppressed and who, who are under attack and under spiritual bondage and under spiritual slavery. And they're coming to our churches every morning and every Sunday. And they need to be delivered. They need to be set free from fear and anxiety and, and, and an oppression. Luke doesn't tell us what happened to this man to cause him to be demonized. Luke actually, listen, this is important. Luke actually shows this man to be pretty helpless in his state of demonization. There are people in our churches, perhaps even here today, who are under attack from the demonic. Our church needs to be a place where folks who are struggling, where folks are being attacked by the demonic, folks who are under the influence of the demonic, and folks who are wrestling against the demonic are welcome where they find hope here, they find deliverance here. Anybody agree with that? Here's what we do. Here's what we often do. For some reason, we often identify the person under attack as if they're the problem. The problem isn't the person who's being held captive by the enemy. The problem is the demonic. And what happens oftentimes is when we see folks who are struggling with sin or struggling against a demonic attack in their life, we don't love them fully because we see them as a problem instead of one who God loves and whom Jesus came to bring freedom to. Now some of you, even now, and I get it, right? Some of you in this in this service right now, you may want to, well, can a Christian be demon-possessed? Some of you even are thinking, man, this guy's crazy talking about demons. What, what is this? this? This is the weirdest. This is weird. Well, here's, here's the thing, church. And, and if you come here often and this is your home church, you know where you're, I don't major in demons. But here's the thing. Jesus dealt with demons, the demonic, and the demonized. And if Jesus dealt with them as real beings, I'm going to follow the example of Jesus. And if you look at the wickedness and evil in the world, I believe that you can see that there is an influence of evil. And I believe that this influence could be the devil and his demonic partners. So can a Christian be demon-possessed? I'm talking about folks coming into church and being demonized. I don't believe that Scripture teaches that a demon, a Christian, can be demon possessed. I don't. I don't. I believe that that is the antithesis of what the freedom of the gospel proclaims. I believe.
believe that when a person accepts Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in that person. And that and, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. But but I also don't believe that that's the point of the passage here. The point of the passage isn't, well, can a Christian be demon-possessed? Or can this person be demon-possessed? The point of the passage is simply this, that the demonic has no authority and must submit to the authority of Jesus. That's the point. So I would say this, if you're a Christian, you can still be attacked by the demonic. Jesus, the ultimate Christian, <laughs> we talked about a couple of weeks ago, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And what did he suffer? He suffered temptation and attack by the enemy, by Satan. So if you're a Christian, don't think the enemy is not going to attack you or the enemy is going to just leave you alone or that you're never going to face spiritual battle. As a believer, you will face battle. Our weapons are not carnal, but are mighty in God who are pulling down our strongholds. And our weapons and our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, and the rulers of darkness and in heavenly places. Our spiritual struggle is not against the flesh, but it is against the enemy. And so if Jesus battled against the enemy in the wilderness, and if folks showed up in the synagogue and were under attack by the enemy, I believe that in this house this morning, and you may know folks who are under attack from the enemy, it does not mean you are demon-possessed. It means you are a target for attack. And Jesus came to bring freedom and deliverance. deliverance is possible and where deliverance happens. If you're new this morning, you may think this is a weird place. Uh, again, I promise you I'm not the pastor that finds a demon under every rock or believes that every sickness or bad event in your life is a result of a demon or the fact that you were about to pull in that parking spot and somebody whipped up in front of it, that that was a demon attacking you. That's ridiculous. that look for demons in everything. I am not that. I use, I've heard of people saying that they had a, a, a demon of halitosis. You know what that is? They, they just need to brush their teeth is all they need to do. Just need to brush their teeth. Yeah. Or blaming, blaming a, a demon for their poor eyesight. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis. It's so good. He says this, There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race, humanity, can fall about the devil. He says, One is to disbelieve in their existence, and the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. So I'm not going to major in demonology, but as a church, as people of God, we must recognize that we are in a spiritual battle. We are in a spiritual war. We must recognize.
recognize that the enemy wants us in bondage to sin. We must recognize that the enemy wants us to live as slaves to fear. We must recognize that the enemy wants us to be captive to our past mistakes. We must recognize that the enemy wants us to be bound to lies. We must recognize that the enemy wants us defeated and deflated and demoralized. We must recognize that the enemy wants us captive to despair and hopelessness. But listen, there is release for the captive in Jesus. If you came into this house this morning under the attack of the enemy, if you came into this house this morning captive to the schemes of the enemy, there is freedom and there is release. I'm not saying you're demon possessed. I'm saying that we are in a spiritual battle. And while the enemy may be attacking you, the enemy does not have authority over you anymore. So let's keep reading. In the synagogue, there was this man with an unclean spirit, demonic spirit, who cried out with a loud voice, leave us alone. Jesus rebuked him, come out of him. Amazement came over all of them, and they said, For he commands the unclean spirits with authority and power, and they come out. Again, the point is that Jesus has authority over the demonic. The demons scream out, Leave us alone. Are you going to destroy us? Let's let that question for a second sink in. In that question is a recognition that Jesus could destroy them. Are you going to destroy us? They would not ask that question if they did not realize that Jesus had the power and the authority to wipe them out. You ever have your child beg you, please don't drown me, please don't take that away, please don't take that toy from me, please don't you ever had your kid do that? Why do they do that? Because they recognize that you have the authority and the power to do it. You ever be you ever be driving down the, the, the interstate or the or, or the highway, and you pass a cop, and you look at your speedometer, and you start to pray, Lord, please don't let him give me a ticket. Please don't let him give me a ticket. Anybody? Is that just me? Because you recognize that that cop has the power and the authority to give you a ticket. He can take you to jail. So when the demons cry out, please, are you going to destroy us? What are you going to do with us? It's because they recognize that Jesus had the power to send them to a devil's jail. So they're begging out because they recognize the enemy understands the power and the authority of Christ. So church, use and walk in the power and the authority of Christ. It's not your own strength, but it is his strength. It's not your own power, it's his power. It's not your own authority, it's his authority. Speak the word and declare what God declares. demons recognize Jesus is this holy one of God. They recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. They recognize that Jesus is the word made flesh. They recognize that he has authority. Jesus has authority over demons and devils. Jesus
Jesus has the authority over the serpent who has been causing you to live in fear. Jesus has authority over the tempter who has been enticing you to give in to sin. Jesus has authority over that accuser who keeps bringing up your past. Jesus has authority over the deceiver who has been feeding you lies. Jesus has authority over the captor who has been, who has kept you bound up in bondage. Jesus can set you free from fear and sin and your past and the lies and the bondage. Jesus can set you free. He has authority. And not only does he have that authority, he has that Authority, authority is the right to, rec- to, 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 to use power. Authority is the right to exercise power. But if you don't have power, the right to exercise power doesn't mean much. Not only did Jesus have the right or the authority to rule, Jesus has the power. He backs up his word with power. He is omnipotent. That means he has all power. There is nothing impossible for Jesus. There is nothing that can stop Jesus from accomplishing what Jesus intends to accomplish. You can fight him all day long. You will lose. There is no demon in hell or on earth that can prevent Jesus from delivering all who come to him today. It's too much. It's too hard. I've been through too much. I've done too much. I've got, I'm just, if you come to Jesus for deliverance, there is nothing that can stop Jesus from delivering you. If you come to him and say, Jesus, I need you, help me. strengthen you, he can empower you, he will walk with you, he will loose the chains that he is bound. Jesus has the authority and the power. You do not serve a powerless Savior. You serve a Savior who has the power to deliver. There is nothing so hard that Jesus can't deliver. There are no chains so tight that Jesus cannot break them off of you. Jesus has all authority and power. Jesus can do what Jesus has said he would do. Jesus has authority and power over the demonic. And not only that, but Jesus came to heal. He came to preach the gospel. He is just living out what he said he came to do. He is just showing us that he means business. So he came to heal. Luke 4, excuse me, Luke 4, 38 through 41, you got your Bibles open. It says, and after he left the synagogue, he entered Simon's house. And Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. They asked him about her. So he stood over her, rebuked the fever, it left her. She got up immediately, began to serve them. And then all kinds of folks were coming to him, sick and various diseases and Demons were being cast out and people were being healed. We see here Jesus rebuked the fever. 
Jesus has power over sickness. You believe that? Now listen, I've preached, I, I don't know why every person that prays for healing isn't healed the way they ask to be healed. I know people of great faith who have prayed for healing and not experienced the healing the way they asked for it. I know people of great faith who have prayed for miracles and not experienced the miracle the way they asked for it. But I also know people who have received the healing the way they asked for it. I also know people who have received miracles the way they asked for it. I've seen my own son raised from the dead, and I've also seen my dad die from cancer. I've seen my daughter healed of epilepsy, and I've seen others struggle for answers. I've seen people die of COVID, and I've seen people miraculously get up off of the COVID deathbed and live. Can I just be real with you guys? Here's what I know. I know Jesus heals. I know Jesus has authority to heal. And I know that I'm going to pray for healing because the Bible tells me to pray for healing. I know that by His stripes we are and were healed. And I know that one day there will be no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death. And until that day, I'm just going to trust Him. Everyone doesn't get healed in this life, but I know that in Christ Jesus, everyone gets healed. So we bring our sickness and our disease to Jesus. We trust Jesus with it. We place our faith in Jesus to handle it. And we know that in Jesus, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 52 and 53, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we will be changed. For this corruptible body must be clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal body must be clothed with immortality. <coughs> with immortality. What does that mean? It means as long as we live in this body, this body is subject to decay. But praise be unto God, there is coming a day when Jesus will return and this body that has suffered and is prone and is, is subject to decay will be subject to decay no more. I know Jesus has the power to heal. I know Jesus has the authority to heal. And I know Jesus does not withhold any good thing from his people. I know that Jesus is trustworthy. Jesus came to heal, and that's the point. Jesus is healing people to demonstrate that he has the power and the authority to rule as the king of nations, the king of kings and the lord of lords. Jesus heals, and he goes around healing everyone and healing people to show that he is the promised one. Jesus heals to reveal himself as the Messiah prophesied by Isaiah. And if you need healing, church, 
we will pray with you, we will trust God with you, and we will believe that God is going to walk with you, and ultimately, whether he heals you now or heals you later, you will be healed in Christ Jesus. So he came to preach the gospel. He came to deliver the captive. He came to heal the sick. And he came to proclaim the kingdom of heaven. Verse 42 of Luke chapter 4. Again, he came to proclaim the kingdom of heaven. When it was a day, he went out and made his way to a deserted place where the crowds were searching for him. They came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them, but he said to them, It's necessary for me to proclaim the good news about the kingdom of God to other towns also, because I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. He came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He came to proclaim the kingdom of God. Jesus went from town to town proclaiming that the time has come. The kingdom is here. What is the kingdom of God? It's the rule and reign of Jesus. It's the rule and reign of Jesus. Broadly speaking, the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of a sovereign creator over the universe. More narrowly, the kingdom of God is the spiritual kingdom where those who surrender to the rule and reign of Jesus belong. And in a future sense, the kingdom of God is the literal, physical rule and reign of Jesus on the earth when he returns for those who belong to his spiritual kingdom. It is an already and not yet kingdom. We already belong to the kingdom even though we don't see the kingdom in fullness right now. Jesus goes about the whole village, the whole town, the whole countryside, proclaiming the kingdom of heaven. He is declaring that the year of the Lord's favor is here. He's declaring that it's time now. You can be free from spiritual bondage. You no longer have to be a slave to sin and chained to sin. You no, have to, you no longer have to live under the power and the control of the enemy and under the law and under the weight of sin. It's time to follow Christ. He is inviting everyone everywhere to the kingdom. It's a kingdom of peace and of love and of righteousness and of equity and of holiness and of unity and of fullness and of, and of wholeness and of healing and of perfection and of worship and of truth. It is a kingdom under the authority and power of Jesus. And he's inviting each one of us. He's going around the towns and he has put us on this mission as well to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The kingdom of God has come. It's time to come to the kingdom. It's time to follow Jesus. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. Jesus comes. He preaches the good news. He delivers the bad. He heals the sick. And he proclaims the year of the Lord's
enslaved to bondage of sin, slave to an attack of the enemy. This morning they can be free. They can walk in the freedom of God. If there's folk in this room that need to be healed, God, we trust you to heal. If there's folks in this room that that have been believing the lies of the enemy, they can believe the good news of Jesus Christ. If there are folks in this room who are outside of the kingdom of God, they can come inside the kingdom in Christ Jesus. That is the goodness of God. So this morning with heads bowed and eyes are closed, right now in this house, you would just say, Pastor, I'm going through a season of of just feels like attack. Just going through a season of, of, of demonic attack. And sin, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It means that the enemy sees you as, as worthy of attack right now. It means that the enemy knows that God has good for your life and good plans for your life, and the enemy wants to stop that. Say, Pastor, I'm just I've been under an attack from the enemy. I've been under an attack, and I, I need I need I need the Spirit of God. I need Christ Jesus to speak freedom over over that to, to rebuke the enemy. Your heads are bowed, your eyes. Nobody's looking around except for me. If that's you this morning, say, I've just been under an attack from the enemy. Would you just put your hands? All right, I see hands across this room. I see hands across this room. synagogue. We come into the church house this morning. And the enemy, the enemy has been attacked. The enemy has been, has been speaking lies and bringing chains and bondage over people. In the name of Jesus, there is authority in Jesus' name. And I speak life and I speak deliverance and I speak peace and I speak wholeness and I speak release for the captive in Jesus' name. I speak release for the captive in Jesus' name. That means now you've got to start listening to the good news. You've got to soak yourself in the power and the authority of the Word of God. If it's the Word that has authority to accomplish what needs to be accomplished, you've got to spend time in the Word. And I speak that over our folks this morning, that there is freedom in this house. It's about hours are closed. You say, you know what, Pastor Brock, I've been, I've been battling sickness. I need healing. I need healing. I need, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God for healing. If that's you in this house, just lift your hand up right where you're at. Amen. Hands up across this room again. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, you heal. You sent your word to heal diseases. And in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing and life over these people this morning. Lord, whatever the sickness is, Whatever the sickness is, Jesus, you're able to heal. And so, God, we we pray and we anoint and we believe right now that you are a healing God who is bringing healing into this house. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
don't know Christ this morning, you can believe the good news. So I want to ask this final question. How many of you would this morning would say, Pastor, I want to come into the kingdom of God. I'm going to believe the good news. And I'm going to become a member of the kingdom of heaven. That's you this morning. Say, I, 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 I'm coming to Christ. I'm coming to the kingdom. If that's you this morning, slip your hand up across this room. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, I thank you for your word. I'm going to ask you now, if there's anyone that would just like to come and pray for a few moments, I want you to know that this space is sacred. This time is sacred. And if you desire prayer for anything, I want you to know you're welcome to come. I'm going to give you this opportunity right now. Maybe it's something we mentioned a second ago. Maybe it's that thing that you need and you just want to come and say, God, this this thing, I need to, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. I want you to know right now, this altar is open. This 